Welcome to our weekly, we mean weekly Wednesday night shiur this year, dedicated as is the past few weeks. Aaron Baruch Halevi, Ben Yehuda, and Amelia Basara. Aleihem Shalom. This Shabbos, Parsh Tzavah. A very, very indiscreet parsha in many, many ways. Also, parsha zocher. Parsha zocher is, as we discussed several weeks ago, the Shabbos before Purim. It is not the Shabbos after Shkolem. It could be, but very rarely. Shabbos. So we have Pasha Zacher, Pasha Tzavah, and our dates today. Today is Vav Other, and tomorrow being Zion Other. So the dates as well have great significance. Um, Vav Other. We discussed in years past is the outside of the Rashag. The Rashag, Rabbi Shmayo Garari, the brother in law of the Rebbe, and of course also a son in law of the Friedrich Rebbe. One of the Positions that the Rabbi Garari held was he was the head of the yeshiva. At one point, it was there were several yeshivas under him besides just Tehuchetim of, of New York. Kvachabad also was under him and many other maestres. Which is a nice thing. A great position, powerful, not powerful, but a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of devotion. A lot of his life was given up for it. And it took, of course, a lot of health for an older, even when it was older years, in his later years, as he still persisted at running the yeshiva. The main line, the main quote... Of Rabbi Garari was Ver Zdo Dachroi. Who is responsible here? And this is something that he took very, very seriously. Said it many times. He would 
he would have a, 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 an office adjacent to the library of the yeshiva. And Bachram would frequent the library, either because <laughs> they were looking for somewhere to sit and smoke, <laughs> or um, they were looking up something, which also worked. office was adjacent to the library. There was a door between us, between the library and his office. And each day as he would go home at 5 o'clock, clockwise, he would arrive, I think he should be at 9.30, and he left at 5 every day. Um, prior to leaving, he'd come in, he'd open the adjacent door, and had a bolt, a dead bolt. He would open the adjacent door, and he'd come in, and he'd ask, where is Dodachroi? Who is responsible here? Now, this is Rabbi Gerari, Mishmayor Gerari, the Rebbe's, Friedrich Rebbe's son in law, and the Rebbe's brother in law. He was not just uh, an old man. He's a very prestigious person, a very prestigious chassid. So everybody got nervous. Nobody wanted to say who they were, I'm responsible. But he wouldn't renege, he wouldn't back down. He over and over would ask, until someone would say, me, whoever it was. And then the Rashag would look at him and say to him, Gedenk Bachar, remember my, fr- my son. It's all fash, leshen the light, fashlis in the tear. You should turn off the lights and lock the door when you leave. Huh? This is his concern every single night. And he did this every single day. <laughs> the question was, what happened when he left and there was nobody in the library? Who did he tell it to? I don't know. It's very likely the library was locked and the lights were off and he didn't have to tell it to anybody. A exemplary chassid. An exemplary chassid, sorry. One of a kind chassid. A chassid with devotion, dedication, I can't translate because the devotion and dedication don't fit. His kashras, his connection to the Rebbe was so, so strong. By Fabrenians, when the Rebbe spoke, the Rebbe would speak a sikha, a talk. On occasion, the Rebbe would say a Hasidic discourse known as a maimer. Before the recitation of a maimer, 
the Rebbe would show to his Chazer Rabbi Yehud Khan to start the introduction nigan, the nigan that goes before the Maimah. So it's a special nigan for it. No, you're not getting me to sing it. Even on Chedish other. Sorry. And the Rebbe would then, as before the Rebbe would start the Maimah, mm-hmm. towards the end of the nigan, everybody knew when the end of the nigan was, the entire crowd would stand. And the Rebbe would recite the Maimah. Everybody remained standing throughout the Maimah. When the Rebbe finished, everybody sat back down. On Shabbos, it was also occasion that the Rebbe would say a Maimah. But more often time, the Rebbe would say what's called a Maimah Ke'in Sicha. He would not ask for the Nigan to be sung beforehand, introductory Nigan. And he would just say the Sicha in the same tune, in the same tone of voice, that he recited a regular Sicha. It's called a Maimakein Sicha. But he started with a Dibra Maschal. He would start with a caption, a Pasuk or a subject. That time, when the Rebbe would recite that, nobody stood up except for the Rashag. The Rashag sensed immediately this is a Maimah Kein Sicha. It had to him the sanctity of a Maimah, and he stood up for that. But the only one, the only one in the entire shul, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, that stood up by Maimah Kein Sicha was the Rashag. Bear in mind, this the Rebbe was his brother-in-law. But yet, he accepted the Rebbe as Nasi, as Rebbe, although he was the same stock as the Rebbe was, the same connection to the previous Rebbe as the Rebbe was. But the Rebbe was chosen as Rebbe, and he too accepted the Rebbe as his Rebbe. This says, I think, everything about the Rashak. This tells us what kind of person the Rashak was. So today, Vav Other, the outside of the Rashak. It's only proper that we say a few words, that we said a few words about him. I had actually, that year, had a choir for yeshiva, we sang by yeshiva dinner, or Rasiyam Lamam, I don't remember what it was, and I had composed a song with Hebrew words of Tehillim, words of Tehillim, um, in his chus. And no, I'm not singing that either. Why are you losing out? Uh, what wouldn't you do for a song? Anyway, that's Vav Other in a nutshell, in a capsule. Tonight is Er the Zion Other. Zion Other, the birthday of Meishir Abenu. This was a shocker for Haman. 
when Haman was looking for a month to put a decree on the Jews, he said, what better month? <coughs> the month of the passing of their leader. As Meshach Rabbein, as we know, passed away on Zion other as well. Little did he know, unbeknownst to him, as we would say in America, Meshach Rabbeinu was born on Zion other as well. In Devarim, towards the end, we hear the Pasuk of the Almighty telling Meshach Rabbeinu, his loyal, faithful servant, Kirvu Yamecha Lomus. Your days have come close to passing. It's very hard for the Abishta, for the Rebbein for the Almighty God to see to it, to see the passing of a tzaddik. It's as hard as the breaking of the luchas, the breaking of the tablets. But yet, the Almighty tells Moshe, his days are numbered. God does not tell him, behold, you will die. God tells him, your days are coming closer. And Moshe had questions. He had many questions. This is not just a regular person. And Moshe saw that this decree against him to die and not to enter the Holy Land, his life's dream, was sealed. Tells us the message that Moshe drew a small circle around himself. And he said, I'm not moving from here until you revoke the decree. He put on sackcloth, he donned sackcloth and ashes. And he prayed. He prayed before God till the heaven and the earth started to tremble. Heavens and earth started to claim, to question, has God decided to destroy the world and make a new one? What's going on here? Why are we going through this? And a heavenly voice came down, a bascal came down and said, no, it's not time for that. But in the Almighty's hands, every soul rests. At that point, God said, every gate of every firmament should be closed, and Moshe's tefillah should not be accepted. God told the angels, quickly go down, descend, and close all the gates of prayer. Because Moshe's prayers were like swords, and they would pierce. But the Almighty said, they're not coming through. 
What I've went through for Klal Yisrael, for the Jewish nation. What I've went through for Torah. What I've went through for mitzvahs. How will I not merit to see the good outcome of all this? You tell me I will not cross over the Yardin. Are you making the Torah untruthful, Chas Hashem? Because you say, all the wages, everything is going to be paid back in the Holy Land. Forty years of labor and toil. I made them a holy people, a faithful people, and this is how being repaid. I can't enter alive, I understand. That's your decree. At least allow my bones to enter. As the bones of Yosef entered. In a very, very strange dialogue. The Almighty answers Meshe Rabbeinu. You cannot compare yourself to Yosef Atzadik. How so? Yosef Atzadik came to Mitzrayim, to Egypt, and said, Ivri Anoichi, I am a Jew. You, on the other hand, arrived in Midian, and the daughters of Yisrael came home to their father, and said, Ish Mitzri Yatsideinu. A Mitzri saved us. An Egyptian and you remain silent. You did not say Ivri Anaychi. You did not come forth and be proud of your Judaism. Am Yisrael Chai. That was warped. Okay, leave that one out. He then said, at least let me be like the beasts in the field. I'll eat grass. I'll drink water. I'll see the world. Let my soul be like one of them. Ravloch said Hashem, too much for you. Let me be like a bird. And again Hashem said, Ravloch. Moshe at this point went to the heavens and the earth. And he said to the heaven and the earth, You know that my Teda is what kept everything flowing until now. Step up for me. Go to the plate for me. Present my case to the Abishta. And they said to him, Moshe, Moshe, who are we? Yeshayahu brings down the prophecy that it will be a time that the earth will turn to dust, a wilt like a garment, and the heavens will decay like smoke. We don't, we don't have perpetuality. He went to the sun and the moon and they said also that the sun and the moon thus love you will be shamed, it says. To the hosts of the heavens, Tzua Shemayim, 
And they said, but again, it will be erased. To the valleys, the mountains and the valleys. And the mountains said, that, don't you know also in the end of the prophecy, the mountains will be flattened and the valleys will be unsettled. He went to the sea, seek mercy for me. The sea, the water. The water says, Ben Amram, you serious? You're asking me for a favor? Really? Didn't you take a stick and split me in twelve? Didn't you make me stop my nature for the Jews to go through? If that wasn't enough that I did for you, how about when you were a baby and put into the water and I didn't see to it to consume you and to sink you down? And Mesha bows down to God and sees he has no ally. He went to the Malach, the Fnaiv and the Fnim. And he said to him, Seek mercy that I do not die. And he said, Rabbeinu Moshe, how will it help? Kishamaiti me'achere apargud that your tefillahs will never be heard and never be listened to. Moshe placed his hand on his head. He cried out and wept. To whom shall I go for mercy? God was very angry at Moshe at this point. And Moshe says, Hashem, Hashem, Kilrachim v'chanun. This placated God. And God said to Moshe, Moshe, I sworn two oaths. One oath that when the sin of the golden calf, I would destroy the Jewish nation. And one oath that I would not allow you to enter the Holy Land. You caused me to back out of the oath. You caused me to back out of the oath of destroying the Jews. And now you want me to back out of the other oath. That's not going to happen. But I will tell you, in your schus, I will back out of one of the two. As I have done. So if you'd like, says the Almighty God to Mesha, we can do this your way. I'll back out of the decree, the, the decree against you, and I'll revert back to the decree against the Jews. Moshe Rabbeinu heard this and he said let Moshe and a thousand like him perish but not a nail and a single Israelite be injured and Moshe continues and says the feet that ascended to heaven 
the face that greeted the divine presence face to face, the hands that received the tater. Are they going to lick dust? As the way of the world, each generation has its teachers. Go now to your disciple Yeshua and treat him as your master. And the message goes on to tell us he says, I'm going to die because of Yeshua. In that case, I will go and become his disciple. And Moshe rose and he enters the doorway of Yeshua's tent. Yeshua was, um, was immersed in learning and studying of Torah and did not notice Moshe there. People came looking for Moshe in his tent. And Moshe was not to be found. They said, where is Moshe? They said, he's in the tent of Yeshua. As they came to the tent of Yeshua, they saw Moshe standing there and Yeshua learning. Immediately there was an outcry. Yeshua, what's wrong with you? Don't you see Moshe Rabbeinu standing here? Yeshua lifted his eyes and saw him and he tore his clothes. He started to cry, my master, my master, my father, my father. And he didn't turn to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, Moshe, teach us Tata. And he said, no, my children. I no longer have permission. They said, we will not leave you. And again a Baskill came down from heaven and said, study by the feet of Yahishua. And they accepted upon themselves to sit and learn from the mouth of Yeshua. And Yeshua sat at the head of the table, Moshe to his right, the sons of Aaron to his left. And Yeshua sat and taught Tera. Misora le Yeshua at that point. They went out for a walk, Moshe to the left of Yeshua. And they came into the Elmeid, and the cloud of glory came down between Moshe and Yeshua. But Moshe was not in the loop. The cloud of glory was now talking to Yeshua. And when the cloud lifted, Moshe says to Yeshua, What did the divine word say to you? Yeshua turned to him and said, When the word was revealed to you, did I know what it said? And so he would not tell him. At that hour, Moshe cried out and said, one hundred deaths, not one jealousy. Until now I sought life. Now I see my life is given to you. Baisha gave great honor to Yeshua. He asked that a throne be brought and he put on a crown on him. And he crowned Yeshua and he kissed him. Baisha apologized to the Yidden. And he begs them, and he also blesses them at this time for all that he imposed upon them, all the times he admonished them, etc. And the Eden asked Mechila from Mesha, saying, Master, forgive us. We've angered you greatly, caused you great trouble. Forgive us. And Mesha says, It's all forgiven.
And the Almighty, all of a sudden, a baskal comes down and says, Moshe, enough. Stop grieving. You have one hour to live. And the rest, as the Malach came to take him, etc., will leave. The main point here is the Misara, the Yeshua, the Torah being given over from Mesha to Yeshua, and to each generation thereafter. And this Torah that Mesha Kibbal Torah is Sinai, that Torah that Mesha received in Sinai, is the Torah that we need to emanate, that we need to study, that we need to live by. And of course, how apropos it is <coughs> that Pashtat Sava always comes out near Zion other. The Atta Titsava. Who's Atta? It doesn't say, Vayedaber Hashem Moshe Lemer, and the Almighty spoke to Moshe and tells Moshe, speak to the Jews. Rather, it says, and you should command. Since the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, there is not a parasha till the end of Chumash that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned in some context. Parasha Tzavah is the only one Why? A parsha that discusses the Mishkan and the vessels in the Mishkan. All the work that Meshach Rabbeinu had to put into that. But yet, in this parsha, Meshach Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned. Why? Mephashim explained Moshe Rabbeinu pleaded the part of the Jews by the Chet Egel, by the sin of the golden calf. And the Almighty said, I want to destroy the Jews. And Moshe stood up for the Jews. And Moshe says, Im Vim Ayin, I'd like you to do on the best part here and forgive them. For if not, for if not, says Meshem Echenino Mesifracha Shekasafta, erase me from the Torah that you have written. And if you go back to the archives and Pasha Tzavi, you'll find a very interesting explanation of why it says Asher Kesavta and not Shekasavta. But that's not for now. I don't want to go off the, I don't want to go on to a tangent. If you are not going to forgive the Jewish nation, says Meshe, erase my name from your Torah that you've written. The words of its tzaddik must be kept. If you're keeping score at home, the Gemara Makis Yud Aleph Amr Aleph, 11 side 1. 
And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted what he said here, accepted his plea on the behalf of the Jewish nation, didn't erase his name, but from one Pasha, because he said to have his name erased, from one Pasha it's omitted, and that's this Pasha. Which was great mysterious nefesh on Moshe's behalf. Stories told of the Balshem Hakadosh. One day, as he was sitting with the Chassidim, he became very fatracht. His mind started to wander. They saw he was elsewhere, and they noticed it's not a first to them. They noticed that he was very, very serious. Suddenly the Vashem jumps up and starts to sing a very, very lively tune. No, I'm not going to sing it. I don't know which one it was anyway. And starts to dance, and to spin around, and to dance with such joy. Greater than Simchas Chassidim saw this, they started to sing as well and dance. Finally they couldn't catch their breath anymore. And the Bashem HaKadosh stopped to dance. And the Bashem Tov explained the following. Yesterday, a woman came to me and asked me for a blessing that she should give birth to a child. And I looked in heaven and I saw it's not possible. The decree against her that she will not have a ch- children. She will remain barren. I couldn't take it. So I fought. And I fought. And finally I was granted. And the child will be born to this woman. But then, today, I was called to the heavenly tribunal. I was told, you pushed too many buttons, my friend. You went too far. This bracha that you achieved, this blessing, which broke all boundaries, comes with a price. That price, my friend, says the heavenly court, is you're going to lose your Elam Haba. You have no world to come. All that glory, all that holiness that you've been preparing for, preparing your holy soul for, it's done, finished, kaput. For this, the Vashem was tremendously happy. Joy with no boundaries dancing and singing over the fact that now all his mitzvahs will be done totally for God for no reward is waiting for him how great is that so here Moshe wanted his name erased from the Torah Everything to save the Jews. 
the Teda. This was not an entity. All right, wise guy, we know. Chata Eagle start happened next week, and this is this week. Yeah, that's a soul. That's a whole parsha for itself, and it's in the archives. Okay. The question was that Moshe said only in Pash Kisisa by the Chata Eagle. So then, how in Tetzave was his name erased to really retroactive? Mesha was Teda. Teda's Mesha. It was called on Mesha's name. His whole essence was Teda. Anyone who has any kind of seichel knows that Teda comes from Mesha. And yet he was prepared to have his name wiped out from this Teda to save the Jews. But who's Teda? Mesha is Teda. Mesha who Yisrael, Yisrael him Mesha. The Jews are Mesha and Mesha is the Jews. And all this evolves around Teda. But when this push came to shove, and his children were in danger, Mesha went to bat. Ready to even take his very name and essence out of the Teda. Shows the great dedication and devotion. What kind of shepherd Moshe Rabbeinu was. Prepared to be selfless. To sacrifice everything. Nothing mattered to him. Except for the Jews. What kind of sin did they perform? What kind of sin? They served idol. Idol worship. Idolatry. We're not talking here about a nation that was exposed and was oppressed and was hurting and was destitute and they turned to some other deity. We are talking about a nation that had just received the Torah from Sinai, who had heard the heavenly voice and turned around and brought sacrifices to a golden calf. You, my dear listener, are disgusted by it. The thought, the audacity of a nation after getting the Torah immediately thereafter they go and they serve the second of the Ten Commandments that they heard and they said and they went and served right after Moshe He wasn't even there. 
He wasn't even there. He was on the mountain. But still little Moshe stood for 40 days and 40 nights. Not eating, nor drinking, nor sleeping. Praying for God to forgive the nation. And threatening to have his name erased from his very terror. It's as if Moshe tells HaKadosh Baruch Hu, If the Tater doesn't have room to forgive the nation for the Chet Ego, take my name out. This comes to a very deep connection between him and Am Yisrael. Between Am Yisrael and your children. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The deepest depth connection between Meshe Rabbeinu and the Tera and Yisrael and the Tera as you know Yisrael v'kutshibrich v'kul echad the rice of Yisrael v'kutshibrich v'kul echad Tera HaKadosh Baruch Hu the Yidna all one he doesn't come to reach this great level so Meshe stood as the Bashem Tev in our story with the greatest mysterious nefesh with the greatest self-sacrifice prepared to sacrifice everything he has everything he stands for to defend whom? a nation that just did the most despicable of sins but he wasn't just prepared to sacrifice, he was ready to go with complete and total Messias Nefesh. From here we see, we learn what Avas Yisrael needs to be. How's that? Oshon? Right before, after the egg, there is some, but I don't see what you're saying. Chapter 30, verse 7, the hikterol of Aaron, Ketera, Samen, Babeke, Babeke, Feitivia, Saneres. I get back to me on that. I don't find it. Alright. From here we learn. Avas Yisro. 
a love of even to someone that did a sin like the sin of the golden calf. Unlimited love. Unconditional love. So much so that he's willing to sacrifice the most endeared entity of his entire life for the nation. This is the greatness of the Nasi Yisrael edition. And this is the Nasi, how every Nasi after him in each generation acts. But they are living lessons to each and every one of us. How we need to act. How we need to forgive. How we need to understand. How we need to devote, to devote, to devote and to dedicate. When the hand is reaching out, to grab the hand. And to accept the love that's being given. A chosir the Bashem Tov once got a terrible depression about him. He had a daughter who needed to get married, but he had nothing. No money for dowry, no money for wedding, no money for anything. And he came to the Bashem HaKadosh and he told the Bashem HaKadosh his plight. And the Holy Bashem Tov told him, go to this in this town. I want you to look for the greatest Talmud Chacham. The most learned boy in the town. No matter what dowry they're asking, no matter what they accept it. Shemta says what Shemta says. And he comes back home and he says, okay, he found the most magnificent Bacha. It's all good. They agreed to the Shidduch, it's all set. Then he gets a letter from the father of the chasna a few days later, a few weeks, a week later. Hello? You didn't send any gifts to the chasna yet. What is this? How negligent are you? Are you fraudulent? And he goes to the Bashem HaKadosh, and the Bashem HaKadosh says, don't worry about it. Weeks go by, and again he gets a letter from the Mechutin saying, hello? I'm going to break the Shidduch off. I don't trust you. There's no gifts coming, forthcoming. I don't know if anything's going to come. And I don't know how you're going to pay for this wedding even. And so, he runs to the Baal Shem HaKadosh. And the Baal Shem Tov tells him, my entire Chassid. Send him back a message. You want him to come a week before the chasana. And everything will be settled. Okay. Chasid said, Bashem to said it. He believes. The next day, Chasid is walking in Bezhebush. And this very wealthy man comes over to him and says, Shalom Aleichem, how do I get to the Baal Shem Tov? Huh? I happen to be on my way there. Kum, I'll take you. 
And he takes him to the Balshem HaKadosh. And the Balshem tells the Chosid, come in with him, please. And he tells the rich man, I want to tell you a story. There was a very, very wealthy, successful businessman. He did a very big deal with trees, with wood. And he had a tremendous amount of money on him and he was going home very, very successful. And in the forest he gets stopped by a robber. And the robber says, Davai, give me your money. He says, listen, Mr. Robert, I'll be honest with you. I'll split it with you. Even splitting with me, you're going to be a very wealthy man. And you go your way, I'll go my way. I didn't want to lose everything. And the half rolls was also a substantial amount. The robber said, I'll take half the money, you're going to go see who I am, you're going to go... You have me captured and killed and take care of your money. You're not going out of here. So dead men don't need money. Give me the money. And he takes the money, ties the man up, and he's sitting there counting the money. He says, oh, hey, I'm going to finish counting this, and you're dead. The violent Yid is crying and saying, and begging for his life. And he's crying and he's crying, and finally... He says, If you miraculously save me from here, I will give a tremendous amount of tzedakah from this money. Well, the crying made enough noise, and one of the guards that walked around in the forest heard the crying and he came running. He came running, and he saved the man's life. And he gave him back his money. Well, it was one of those cases where the man said, forget the, the pledge, God, I, I saved myself, I made enough noise to get the guard to save me, so I don't got to give anything. And the man had a son and a daughter. And Achman al-Islam, the Bashanta says to the man, tells the story, Achman al-Islam, one of the children passed away. And a short time thereafter, the second became very ill. And before he could say another word, the Baal the rich man starts to cre- scream and to cry. And say, Rebbe, stop! Rebbe, stop! It's me! You're talking about me! You're telling my story! And he said how his second child, Rahman al-Sana, on a deathbed. And he came for a bracha to save him. Hashem said, you see this chassid here? He has a little bit of a debt here that he has to settle. A wedding, dowry. Put down the bill, foot the bill, and everything will be fine. And the man didn't ask questions. He took out the exact, all the money he needed for the wedding, for the dowry, for the gifts. And he gave it to the chassid, and the son was healed. And so we see how the Rebbe, the Nasi of the Der, is involved with every single one of the, gen- of the generation. We have a very commonplace question which we asked before, but we'll ask it again anyway.
In Parshas Tiruma, we learn about the Mishkan and its Kalim, the Menayda, the Shulchan, the Mizbeach Achitzayin, etc. Now, if there was no room in Tiruma because it's a short Parsha, and they would push to the beginning of Tetzava, overlapping, bridging, and continue about the Kalim first and talk about the Mizbeach Hapnimi, it would make sense. But that's not the case. At the end of Tetzaveh, Ve'asisam is Be'ach at Miktar Ketedes. The Chachamim explain. The Mishkan and the Mikdash are signs, a resemblance of the nefesh of a person. Everything that was in the Mishkan continuously, perpetually is in the person. And by concentrating on the Mishkan and the Kalim, we can understand how a person needs to lead a daily life. Truman and give us all these, all the halachas, all these laws. Kalim, the Mizbechas, The Mizbeach HaPnimi, the inside Mizbeach, only incense was brought on it. And when done so, only the Kayan doing it was allowed to be there. No one else was allowed to be there. The Mizbeach represents the heart. The fire that rises to Hashem, that loves God. The Mizbeach HaChitzen and the Mizbeach HaPnimi, the Mizbeach that was inside the Kedish and the Mizbeach on the outside, are the two levels of love of God in the heart of a person. The outside one, of the, the outside of the heart, and the inside of the heart. These two levels represent two different approaches to service of God. There are things that a Jew needs to do, but the outside of his heart doesn't have to be in, inflamed when he does it. And there are things that a person needs to do full heartedly. A Jew needs to eat, a Jew needs to drink, a Jew needs to sleep, a Jew needs to rest to worry about his health, to go for a walk. And he does this not because he wants to, he does it because he has to serve God. In order to serve God, he has to be alive, he has to be healthy. Kol Masecha, Yul Hashem Shemayim. We learn the Mishnah in Pekhi Ovis, Pedig Beis, Mishnah Yud Beis. Remember that, of course. We're about to start learning Pekhi Ovis again soon. Higher than this, those Bechol Every way that you go, you should know God. So you could think. Everything needs to be done with this big flame and fervor. Mm-hmm. Tells us the Teda, the Teivarim, the Chalovim, the fats, and the body parts that needed to be burnt, physical, physicalities, were on the outside, the Mizbeach HaChitzen. These were the physical world, physical entities of the world. No great fervor needed to be applied to that. 
the Pnimius Halev needs to watch the keep Tater, needs to daven and serve Hashem purely. In that Mizbeach, on the inside Mizbeach, nothing else except for their frankincense came upon it. And even that, only the person that did it was there. He himself, he alone, was there to do this. Because when the Kayyab brought these katedas, he needed to be alone. Him and God teaching us a lesson that has to do with Pneumius Halev. The service of Pneumius Halev, when one serves God with his inner kaychis, with his inner strength, by tefillah, by tefillah, by mitzvahs, and amunas Hashem, belief in God, trusting in God, knowing that God will not let you down, no matter who you're with, no matter which, where you're put, you put your faith and trust in Hashem, and Hashem will watch over you. You cannot put your amuna in somebody else. What you believe in God and how you believe in God is yes, is yours and only yours. But you need to strengthen your own amuna. You cannot say to yourself, I'm going to fail, Chasushon. I'm going to fall through the cracks. I'm going to go under the influence of other people. You need to know that your heart is your heart and your heart only. And yes, you can take guidance. Yes, you can learn. And yes, you can even trust the person that guides you and that teaches you and that tells you how to make your turns, how to act and how to live. When you push that away as well, and you don't accept that either, then you are at a loss. Then, although you're alone with you and God in your own room, you can't overcome anything. Chasashalom can succumb to the worst, to the atzvus, to the worst of levels. So allow it. Let it be, let it happen. If you have the opportunity and you have the chance to have someone guiding, someone caring, someone devoting and dedicating, and you feel you are lacking in your amuna, reach out. Grab it. And with this strength, you will merit to all called Tuv Sela, and the ultimate Tuv of Bias Mashiach Kenu. Remember, this is Shabbos Zacher. You need to go to Shul. You need to hear Kriya Sabash Zacher. Unfortunately, I did not manage to talk about it, but you can go to archives and hear about Pasha Zacher. Shabbat Shalom to all.